To Team Rebel Edition 178 with George Palilis. Healing frequencies. Join the team as we go down the rabbit hole and get tuned in to frequencies of sounds, vibes, consciousness, and healing with George. Well met and welcome. Hello, and thank you very much for inviting me. I'm quite excited um, to be here, thrilled. Um, um, it was a very nice synchronicity the way the way we met. Uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, well, we were uh, discussing about uh, the person I'm learning from sound healing, Jonathan Goldman, if you remember. Of course. And uh, yeah, it just worked. <laughs> we met at a magnificent place, middle of nature. So um, yeah. And uh, here we are now. Uh, here we are now. So I want to get podcast time. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Uh, thanks for coming on. Um, something we do here at the beginning of these episodes is to correlate the number of the episode. Um, I I correlate it to a major arcana yes, card word word. So it's one seventy eight. So I'm thinking. Yes, and just briefly, I know it's a bit of a hassle, but ideally, George, uh, toggle mute yourself while not talking specifically. We may not get all the laughs in then. I know also from my side, there's much more laughter than this on record. But just so we have the pristine audio. Thank Perfect. you. Perfect. So when I don't talk, I have to talk, uh, mute myself. Yeah. And then as soon as you want, you can, even if you want to jump in, you just do that. But just when you know you're not talking, that's all. Thank you. He's a real stickler for that. But uh, this is why I use the push to talk so I don't have to think about it. So anyway, um, the episode is 178. That's going to reduce to the number seven. And that is the chariot card. It says, I am confident that, that with discipline i will succeed the chariot card is about taking charge of your own destiny seizing the moment letting the moment carry you forward finishing what you set into motion not hesitating you can do this Raphael. what is the galactic heritage card today we have arrived at number 70 lyra complete surrender future timeline for eons the ancient lyrans applied the masculine principle of pushing or forcing reality to conform to their desires in order to transform they eventually had to surrender to let go of the need for control and trust the universe to be as it needs to be in every moment this was a hard lesson for the lyrans as it is for you you like most humans have a karmic pattern of trying to control reality it is time now to change that pattern practice trusting and surrendering to the universe on a daily basis even with small things as you do this you will begin to heal this ancient karmic pattern so george between the chariot card and that lyran card about complete surrender what resonated if anything with you uh everything you said is just uh what i have in my mind the last uh months that um i sex sex succeed i mean i want to succeed to everything what i do and uh this is uh by doing what i love so when you do something that you love it um just amplifies your life so number seven is a nice number i have it very often in my life and i have a lot of number synchronicity 
and uh, it was uh, at some point becoming too much number synchronicity and I had to make a decision if I want to follow that uh, number madness I was having every day and I calmed down myself and I said okay let's go for it and see where it brings us it's that I'm always thinking like that I um, I am an Aquarius, um, Scorpio, and Sagittarius. So quite a lot of uh, elements there. And rather intense ones at that. The highest, you know, almost uh, with Aquarius, the highest air, most intellectual. Uh, Sagittarius, the highest fire, most spirited. Um, you have a Scorpio moon? Uh, no, my ascendant is Scorpio, so it's gotcha. more present. Cool, yeah, it can be intense, uh, but fun too. People look at you as a magical uh, sex pot, basically, <laughs> so it's always fun. Um, so I don't know you at all yet, but you did mention just a minute ago that uh, you had, I don't know if you've heard the episode or you tuned into Raphael at some level about Jonathan Goldman. Give me a little kind of idea about how you know Raphael and, um, and basically like where you're coming from, that kind of jazz, as much or as little as you want to talk about yourself um, in terms of like, from single tell, cell to like now kind of thing. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, let's jazz. Um, well, I come from Greece. I was born in um, in '82, and um, I what like part to say, of Greece? Uh, South Greece, Peloponnesus, the place where uh, King Agamemnon comes from. That's like what's up. A lot CD, of history. Yeah, my city called Nafplio. Um, supposed to be one of the most, if not the most beautiful city uh, in Greece. Um, it um, was for a short period of time the first capital of Greece, uh, but because of the size of it, they changed, they brought it to Athens. It's still a wonderful place to visit. Um, not very, not much, not so famous, which uh, is very good. And um, I left Greece when I was 22, like when I finished my military service. And I came to Austria to study um, hotel management. So before you leave Greece completely in the dust, I'm just kind of wondering, um, like Ionian, Dorian, Phrygian, all these islands were Greek, all these modes musically um, and music, modern music theory. Uh, what was growing up in Greece like? I mean, were you like a, a fishing and swimming all the time? Or like, how did that, uh, you know, and how did music play? I guess the reason I brought up the cultures that revolved around musical modes, um, what was music like and uh, what, what did sound mean to the culture there at large? Uh, in Greece, we have very strong um, culture of uh, music is, um, music is our life. We listen too much music. We listen music all the time. We have the, the traditional and we have the pop music. And like our music in Greece is our lifestyle. Uh, unfortunately, the latest music that I'm not so much fan of has been uh, taking a, a, a way uh, too emotional um, uh, way into people's lives. Uh, where just people destroy themselves uh, through these strong emotions they get drunk they spend money um and they uh, just they just use this this beautiful power the wrong way but on the same time we have amazing concerts 
uh, outdoor concerts in nature with uh, traditional Greek music, classical concerts, amazing stuff in castles nearby the beach. I like, um, you can have amazing times in Greece listening to amazing musicians from all over the world. And, I've only heard uh, good things about Greece. My fiance has been there. I have yet to ever go. I can tell you the bad things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think I saw some crazy documentary a few years ago by Vice or something where um, when the economy was kind of not doing as well. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're not doing awesome, awesome now, but like when it was really kind of falling apart, people were like getting high on car battery acid or something crazy. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was crazy shit like you that. You can hear anything. I mean, and, and nothing. Um, Nothing is crazy anymore because we have ruined this world, this word as well. Crazy is, uh, it's not worth anymore. Anything. <laughs> We've done everything. It's uh, not was, so shocking. Yeah, it's not so shocking. I was, uh, two summers ago, I was in a very beautiful island called Ikaria. You've heard about an island, right? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I believe Ikaria you. Ikaria is supposed to be, um, it's a very famous uh, island worldwide because people live there very long. Like the age of their lifespan, you mean? Exactly, exactly. This is a very famous island, island all over the world because of that. Like it's one of the islands people go there. For example, I heard an amazing story. Uh, an American guy, the doctor told him that he's going to die in a month. So he took, uh, he took whatever he had and he went to leave uh, to Korea and he let, he, he, le he lived, he lived, his doctor died and he was still alive. This is a very famous story from Ikaria. It's from Icarus and Daedalus. You must have heard. Oh, about the flight of Icarus. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the island exactly where the. Um, okay. He didn't I'm... live too long. It doesn't seem <laughs> so. The island <laughs> no, didn't I, benefit I, him. But I have a good story about an alternative story about that one about Icarus and Daedalus. That um, um, the um, esoteric world uh, is going to love. <laughs> you want to spill it now? Uh, yeah, well, well uh, maybe they do it later because we're going to just uh, get lost. <laughs> Jam. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm all about it. All right, so just Raphael, help me remember. Yeah, because there's also, I don't know if you've ever heard, there's a DJ. I don't know if he's American or British. I feel like he's from London named Daedalus. Um, he does some insane stuff. I'll have to send you some links. Um, he oh, please, he jams. Know, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. So I was just kind of getting kind of get a picture i don't i mean everyone fantasizes about greece yeah some, we're about you know, the place way. that i come from yeah nafplio and the peloponnesus and this is an amazing place to grow up i'm very very grateful for um growing up there my i had amazing parents uh, amazing weather i was like you said i was on my mountain bike swimming riding every day um maybe that's why i didn't um like finish um, any universities or stuff I, I just you know i just finished the school so that i finish it and other than that i was playing and in nature all the time which i think worked really uh well on who i am now and i'm very regional well as an aquarius i would not be surprised by that and if you have a sagittarius moon yeah you're gonna have like the itch to travel and like do like play yeah, yeah. I've been uh, uh, studying my astrology the couple, last couple of years, and I'm also quite um, amazed of how how astrology helps us. Oh, it's crazy! It's a, it, what's it weird is. to me is like it, um, it seems there's like, I mean, you know, you can see the universe in a grain of sand, kind of thing. It's like, what lens of do you want to, 
you know, there's no almost no wrong lenses in a sense, but astrology seems to resonate in a way that I can't unsee it personally. Um, and obviously, I don't know about you, but I use Western astrology, which is coming largely from Greek. That's where the split was kind of happening, Greece versus Vedic, um, which is more India and stuff like that. There's other kind of astrologies, Mayan astrology, all sorts of, you know, Egyptian astrology. But um, anyway, so what kind of past, I mean, were you into you know, spirituality, you're being raised a certain religion, were you doing Not psychedelics? I was, yeah, I was into, um, uh, I grew up as a Greek Orthodox and I had, um, I had the luck to have, uh, there was a priest in, in North Blue where he was quite uh, forward. So we would go um, every Sunday morning at his um, attic up at, um, at the church and he would advise us to read philosophy and um, uh, read the, read the ancients. Which I was quite amazed because no other priest would do that. So I was quite feeling lucky. And he had also, that's the funny thing, he had uh, a red beard. <laughs> Is that atypical? No, but you know, uh, red collar hair uh, goes to witch witchcraft. <laughs> ah. Sounds like a double or negative, or negative Basques, uh, giants, you know, many interesting stories about that. So uh, these are things things that I spot in my life that always have a little meaning. So the DNA always gives you a little map where to look at, uh, to find stuff. So how was the military? Oh, the military. Um, well, norm. I first I went to the normal military, and because I was a I was a swimmer, and the sports guy generally. I didn't like it, so I, I applied to go to the Special Forces and to become a parachuter. And they took me because I was uh, trained and um, I was looking healthy uh, in comparison with the other people over there that they were just there, you know, um, waiting uh, for the time to pass by. And I thought I'll go there and, and move my body at least. So I went to the Special Forces um, and um, I, I, got, I got my very first um, deja vu at, in the military. That's um, you had an uh, Icarus, a reverse Icarus. You said, I'm gonna fly to the earth. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, I found out that the flat is not earth, first of all, it's not flat. The earth is not flat. oh, up on the <laughs> while you were uh, up on the um, thing. I'm not um, a flat earther personally, so I, I'm there with you, but I was just joking, but but I mean, uh, well, uh, we were doing an exercise and I had a, a deja vu that I, I've been here, I've done that before. Um, I believe in past lives, and um, I think I, at the moment where we were a lot of people gathered out in the wild um, shooting at uh, some targets, it was just a training, and I got a, a flash that, like, I got a, I got goosebumps, like, my, my, my body got completely, I started shaking, and I thought, like, I'm in war, and that I've lived that before, and... Um, in the same moment, I send a message out to the world and I said, hey, kids that you play games and you shoot each other, you have no clue what you're doing. I just want to send a wake up call to everybody that that plays these shooting games and everything. It's so, it's so scary. In the sense that they're programming themselves to want to kill? Yeah, like I've I've played games too, and I shoot games and everything, you know. And after this 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 um, wake up call I had, this deja vu thing, you know, I was like really shocked because I must have, you know, 
leave that before. Like I must have been for sure in a war inside or died there. I don't know because I had such a shock. You know, it it wasn't normal. Interesting. It wasn't so... a normal experience I had because we had lots of experiences there in military with a lot of violence and a lot of um, pressure and stress and all that stuff. But at that point, at that exercise, it was like pressing a button and restarting all my body. So do you, I mean, has that resulted in any long-term, other than maybe not playing violent video games, um, consequences to your life? Well, it was more of what I said before, that it, I sent a message out there. I think that something, it, it just functioned. Like I had this thought and then the second thought I had was that I have to send a message to the world about um, that war is not fun. And using games to have fun that you kill someone uh, and that becomes an everyday life, something to have fun with, uh, that's not right. This is it's not very healthy. We're very healthy. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't, I, w I would say it's wrong. We know, we need to know what war is. That's, you know, it, it's, it's like an education, but um, having fun with it and enjoying it like by killing because games have become quite cruel and quite real yeah they're pretty intense uh i haven't played any recently but some of the last ones i, I played mean, like the last of us <laughs> they're pretty ratchet many i mean from my individual understanding any of even culture and media in general and also video games have much more let's say gore and so on than I would even think of necessarily creating or reconstructing, even within the idea of realism. However, what I would say at the same time, whilst you know there is always some kind of astral resonance and so on, I would say that the real point is that individuals learn to differentiate or just be aware of these differences. Because you know, I'm basically you know I'm happy with everyone playing Grand Theft Auto if at the same time uh, you know it's channeled in such a sense that in their usual life they're not angry or whatever of course often if the resonances those that maybe are angry use that to you know fuel themselves up even more and then maybe eventually even you know replay any of that even if it's just cussing from you know bad rap songs or whatever so i so totally get that and agree with that however i think that as with everything it in itself uh, is rather neutral and it's more that uh, the general drive of you know developing games and culture would naturally drift away from these you know violent and scarcity based themes as we develop and grow however i would say at the first moment it's not so much about in my view that it would be wrong to play these things but it would just be good to really be aware of it and uh, i mean even for me when i see this you play these games i mean one round is like five minutes i mean if you have any awareness it can tell you well you know if this happens to you in real life, you know, you're gone. This was your five minutes, you know, so I'm not exact. I think it can be seen in, in diff from different perspectives. But I also see, of course, your point in terms of there is more fun to be had than in the idea of uh, killing each other or even just compete competing against each other for scarce resources as a base team in itself, of course, is kind of getting old. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, well, I think that every human being on the planet, whatever it does, it uh, puts out an energy. We are, uh, you know, you, you, we all hear this sentence that we're all connected 
either you are in the spiritual community or if you are um, have, if you listen to TED Talk or some, I don't know, Joe Rogan's podcast, whatever, you, you hear that sentence again and again that we're all connected kind of. And um, I think there is a big web up there where we can't see. So our fear, for example, it has an impact on the whole planet. So whatever you do, it's kind of a frequency that you're putting out there. We're not able to see it. Animals might be able to see it, they say. So um, yeah, since I've heard about that, I liked it and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll have it in my mind and I'll see how my life changes if I choose the right frequencies. So I think and I do things that advance my life and then you attract different frequencies in your life. So that sounds very theoretical, uh, but I have very good, I have very, very good examples. I, my life changed a lot and uh, the first thing that happened to me, music saved my life. I was having a quite a tough life. And as soon as I started thinking like that, um, yeah, everybody thought I'm crazy. I quit my job. I had a normal day job that was stressful and, you know, I was struggling to, you know, to survive. And then from, from one day to, to the other, I was just chilling and earning money with um, my hobby. So, so when you say music saved your life, what is that? Like, are you a musician? Um, well, I started as a music consumer. I, uh, I, I was lucky enough to have uh, in my family to uh, my uncles that they uh, were collecting great pieces of music and they were always giving me their CDs or records and I was listening a lot of music when I was young and uh, I, I, I learned um, how to, to listen to music through them because I was getting some records and I was like, ah, I didn't like that. And then he's go, okay, go, go, go home again and put the CD again and have a listen again and, and take your time. And then I, I did that. And I think that was Jethro Tull that the CD, I remember Aqualung. My mom's first concert was Jethro Tull apparently. Like, so, so so I got so I got that CD back and uh, and I heard it again. Ah, well again. Oh, interesting song. <laughs> yeah, and then I I found a couple of songs that I like, and then I found myself like falling in love with these songs and listening to them again and again. And then I asked myself, what happened to me? Why why do I like this 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 thing now? And and before I didn't like it, so I started asking questions, and that's where I started growing up and growing growing going inside me with with uh, music and listening to music. And from there on, I took it to classical, to jazz, to blues. I was listening even to metal, heavy metal. I listened to everything. Sounds like a regular musicologist. And uh, that brought me to Vienna. And here I became a DJ. Oh, nice. Yeah, but it was quite fun uh, because I was here with my best friends, uh, my best friend, which he was already a DJ. I wasn't a DJ at that time, but I was a world music expert. I have a couple of uncles in Toronto, in Canada, 
And every time they would come to Greece, they would give me their uh, ethnic CDs to listen. And that was amazing for me. So um, at that time, when I came to, uh, to Vienna, I was very influenced from uh, world musicians. Um, so every time my friends would smoke something, I would just put the music and they would love it. And at some point, there was a bar here in Vienna, the Buddha bar. And one day they needed a DJ and they said, George, don't you want to start playing with us? You just, you know this stuff. You, you, you play it every day. And I was too shy at that time. And the first time I said, no, that's not me. I'm not, uh, I'm not an extrovert person to go there and play music. I mean, I couldn't even imagine that I will be like leaving uh, 12 years working every weekend in plus as a DJ. I was working 12 years since the first lockdown, nonstop as a DJ after that day. That's crazy. So are you doing turntable stuff or I, when you say DJ, are you like, I, what does that mean to you? Like, are you mixing and remixing live like Daft Punk or something like that? Or are you hitting play on a set list or what's going on? Well, I, I did everything and I just, um, I just took what I wanted and I kept it. Um, and because I have Scorpio, uh, and water and Basaman, you know, Aquarius in there, they have the music inside them. I'm, um, I've reached a point where I, I'm slowly becoming a musician. I started with CDJs and then I changed to vinyl because I wanted to, to learn the right, the real thing. Then I found out that carrying around my records and ruining my records, um, and people not appreciating that, um, put me back into CDs. And then from CDs, then the softwares came out, Serato and Tractor and stuff. And I started learning, uh, teaching myself how to, um, to, to play with both. And at some point I, I started, I, I, I sat down and I said, okay, I, I'll, I really need to, to figure out which system is best because um, I'm a very um, high, fi high fidelity guy. I like to offer the best quality possible. Audio for myself, file. for my oh, yeah, for myself and for my guests, of course, because I love what I do. So I'm not doing it just to get the money and go home. I want to be there at the moment when I'm doing it. So I chose to study, and I, you know, I went through a lot of uh, uh, university studies and uh, magazines and all sorts of stuff. And uh, yeah, I found out that all the vinyls uh, were digitally made in the past. So every vinyl, in order to be um, a press needs to go through a digital delay um, that the quality of a CD is uh, uh, and of a vinyl the difference is actually depend dependent on the mastering engineer so if a CD sounds better than a vinyl is because the mastering engineer did it better and of course the CD medium can play more stuff than the vinyl and on the other hand the vinyl can play things that, CD, that the CD cannot play so it's a matter of taste, and it's really down to what you want. That reminds me a little, because I had a record player at one point, I'm 35 now, but when I was like 18, I got a record player, and I, somebody gave me all these records, like Genesis, this lamb lies down on Broadway, and crazy, like Chet Atkins, crazy random shit, Peter Frampton, Ham, uh, Frampton Comes Alive. So... I was listening to all this stuff, and then I just gave it away for some reason. I don't even remember. I, I don't know what happened. I think I wanted drugs, and I, I was like, I want weed. Here, I'll trade you or something like that. But um, 
the analogy that I hear sometimes is I'm a guitarist and sometimes people are like, oh, tube amplification is so much better than valve state, like uh, circuit as opposed to tube amplifiers. And I think there's probably some like phenomenological differences, but at some level, like you're saying, uh, it's mostly in the ear of the beholder. So I don't really think that, um, I mean, it just turns into like cults of uh, preference, essentially. So it's like people can find, like people who love vinyl like are obsessed with it. And I don't mind it or, you know, it's fine. And it, I guess it's playing wax. It's like a little different of a process, but I didn't know that. Uh, I guess I'd never heard that the uh, digital master had to be, you know, that's the starting point from which they pressed records originally anyway. So that's pretty cool. What kind of, um, I mean, I, you're saying you're into world music from your uncles, but what kind of, are you playing like house or like, what are you doing? Well, um, I just want to, tell you something like some uh, complete but i um about quality and um go for it the the important thing is to understand that um it has you need to have balance somehow and today for example <clears throat> the djs play with mp3s on very expensive systems and um does make sense you know our brain does a lot of work to um to digest that mp3 you need to somehow find a balance on your sound system you can have you cannot have an expensive deck that costs 2000 euros and have a needle that costs 20 30 euros doesn't make sense uh, so if you play with a, with a vinyl then you need to 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 check what kind of music you're playing and pick up the right needle and and enjoy your music you know uh, you really need to know what you're doing and there is not much time for that kind of education today. There's too much stuff, too much stuff to buy. Uh, too many too violent much... video games. Yeah, <laughs> too Just many kidding. video games. You, you got it. Uh, I've done everything. Like I'm proud to say that I've I've tried almost all sorts of music styles. I played almost everything. I even played at a wedding heavy metal, which I was not proud of, but uh, they they were they were really, really good friends of mine. Uh, and we played because you know it was fun. <laughs> but anyway, I've um, I've spun vinyl. I played CDs. I've, I'm now uh, the last time I was working with a controller, and I'm not. Uh, I don't use MP3s. I use WAV files because this is um, much more fun for me <laughs> to hear my headphones. Um, then um, yeah, and. Uh, the volume so it doesn't matter which quality you play or if you're playing healing frequencies or not if you play things loud you're destroying your body your ears if the subwoofer next to you plays over above 135 130 decibels it's just killing you slowly um yeah volume is the most important thing before everything in my opinion and nobody nobody checks that Everything is mastered so loud. The loudness war, the famous one. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a thing to consider consider in the future to consume music um, in a level where it feels comfortable. You have much more fun. It's uh, something that um, people just don't pay attention. It's yeah, we have to learn that. This is the very first thing to play the right level, the right volume. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. Uh, right before COVID, I was in Australia for three months, and I was 
uh, tripping at what they call outdoor raves are called doofs because it's like doof doof doof. So I was like next to the speaker, but like right outside of the like on the side of it, like almost probably like not ninety degrees off, but like to the side of it, so I could feel the bass, but it wasn't like shattering my ears. <laughs> so it was like perfect, and I was tripping, which is rather fun. Um, but yeah, I it, I, I haven't. It's funny because sometimes I don't know how to explain it because I'm not an audiophile to the point where I can be like, oh, these are the degrees. But like, there's pockets at venues and pockets at you know in front of amplifiers and speakers and stuff where it sounds good and it's not deafening necessarily. Um, but like I said, I'm not an audio engineer. I can't get into the physics of why that is. Uh, obviously, like waves and compression and uh, all this acoustic kind of stuff. So. Um, what are some of the kind I'm just of things staying oh, ahead, on that right topic for a second Jim and I'm kind of surprised I mean there's many musicians and I mean I played a bit of guitar at some point which I managed to completely for that. which I managed to completely forget I actually like Spanish style guitar at some point it was sounding quite nice because you know I love this type of music anyways so and I wouldn't even claim that I can clearly discern anything above the quality of a well-mastered 128 uh, kilo by the mp3 um however i can very much discern volume and to me it was always strange when it's so loud and i mean i'm generally sensitive to all kinds of things it doesn't Just mean that i'm mud. yeah uh at least in terms of sensitive noticing it at least and uh, you know after going you know quite a few years back to the club a few times or whatever standing in front of the speaker and then you notice while well, your ears are ringing afterwards or whatever and uh, as I like my body very much, of course, and you investigate what can you do, there's, of course, different variants and qualities of earplugs. And I'm totally going to do an advertisement here without them paying us or anything. But everyone go check out a Flare Audio. They have something called Isolate. They just had a sale. Maybe it's still there, which was really cheap. But even then, it's maybe like 30 bucks. And what you get is you get a small piece of aluminum and a small piece of earfoam of different sizes. You put it in and it's basically um, suppressing, I would guess now about 10 to 20 decibel. It's stronger than the, let's say, um, cheaper kinds that you can buy or the simple kinds that are just made of plastic. And the fidelity and quality is certainly much higher than if you just, you know, put a piece of foam into your head. And the thing is that or into your ear, if you take care of it, it kind of lasts almost like forever or whatever, or you just get new foams and, uh, I totally don't know why not everyone is using this and I love music and I love bass music and I totally want to stand in front of the speaker to feel the bass when I'm already at a place where they have a good system but of course I'm not going to destroy my ears and with something like this uh, you can do that and you'll be perfectly fine you have no ear ringing and it sounds like you're listening on a good volume but not too loud in your living room or uh, on your earphones so yeah so I'm all with you, George, on that. And I'm surprised that not many more are kind of picking up on that point because it's simple to mediate or solve. Well, uh, thank you. And um, well, I wish I, I, I would be able to use such things for my ears soon so that I can go somewhere outwards and listen music with other people. But at the moment, uh, we'll have to wait for that. Um, yeah, and um, um, I was um, in, in during the summer. I was doing several uh, sound healing sessions, 
And um, I was um, helping out um, a very good friend of mine that she was doing um, gong bad. So gongs and crystal bowls and Tibetan bowls. And I was part of it. So I was doing giving sound healing and also you're receiving it on the same time because the, the sound is amazing and it can get too loud. So even in this situation, if you rub the crystal ball a little bit more than normal, it can get dangerous because these things are very powerful tools. So this is, like I said, where I mastered the idea of playing everything in the right volume because there you're very sensitive going through a sound healing meditation. Like I could compare because I was a DJ before and now I use, I work with sound again and I have to be very careful, very, very careful of what is coming, coming into your head, into your body, because you're not listening on only from your ears, your body's listening too. Everybody thinks that if you're going to close your ears, you're not going to hear anything. Your body's listening too. So, so do, you, do you think there's a phenomenological, like a fundamental difference between like frequency tones, like the gongs and the bowls you're talking about, and music at large? Um, like if you go to like you know a Daft Punk show or whatever, um, I'm just thinking out loud. I mean, I guess it's it's so chopped up with rhythms and everything. It's not like a pure tone in a sense. Uh, what do you think, I mean, I don't, maybe there's no answer, but what do you think the major differences are between normal music and like more frequency-based stuff and however you want to talk about that? Well, uh, the way I understand it is you're asking um, what, an, uh, what an impact has uh, a, a style of music uh, or to our health. Is that, is that correct? Kind of. We can go down that rabbit hole. Like what Raphael was saying, how he likes being up near the speakers to feel it. Like that's frequency in the body at a concert or a whatever, where it's like, and you feel it vibrating. Wow, so you're getting music, the vibration. A music event is is a multidimensional thing. You know, uh, it can it can make you cry. It can make you laugh. It can it can get you horny. It can do everything on your body. You know, if you use it properly. So if you're going to to, to a hip hop concert, you're gonna love it. You're gonna start jumping around and you're gonna move your body, you're gonna dance, you're gonna enjoy your time. So there's nothing wrong with music styles. It's just that people don't know that the words spoken into these songs and all that stuff, they, they call up frequencies. And I, I like to believe that. I mean, this is my, my personal point of view. It doesn't have to be like that, but uh, it's the same thing like singing mantras, you know, or going to the church and, and singing in the church. The words we're using, they have power. And the ancients would, would use them as a tool. There is even in the Bible, you know, the, the, I think Moses killed someone with a couple of words, if I'm not mistaken about the names and the time but i've uh i'm quite you know thrilled with uh, after doing sound healing for a couple of years now and and coming from the sound engineering background and and djing because i i teach myself everything and i i will till the last day of my life i will teach myself something new every time 
I stuff never... like some Aquarius Sagittarius energy. It's duty yes, of life. It's never ending. You know, you, you can never learn enough and we're not living enough. You know, <laughs> this 70, 80, 90 years is not enough time. And uh, well, with the right frequencies, we can extend that as well. Thank you. That's and, and also vitamin C60. Don't forget that. <laughs> Oh, for example, of course, carbon C60 in this case, but yeah, yes. I, I found it lately on a Shilajit. It's over there and I'm, I'm enjoying Shilajit very much. I'm happy I'm having it every day. And by now I have to say, I mean, it took one or two years, but by now quite a few friends are eating it. And just recently I was laughing because I'm just carrying, you know, Shilajit, still reminding everyone who doesn't know, it's apparently like moss. It looks like black goo and it's just yes. like super condensed nutrients and you can even feel it i think even emotionally i mean you can give your feedback yes. but it's, it's it's just good and it even contains c60 and so many other you know amazing things but anyhow i was so happy because then i don't know a few weeks ago i went somewhere and i have this small like plastic thing because there it like dries well and you can easily take it and i just take it with me like as a you know food or whatever just like some algaes and then we're there at a party or something and a gathering and I just pull it out. I'm like, okay, anyone wants some Shilajit? And then literally like three or four of my friends are gathering around me and like picking it apart. <laughs> and I was laughing <laughs> to myself. I was like, how amazing, you know? So people kind of can sense that energy and by now got it that this is a cool thing to have. It's not expensive. And yeah, so I'm a big fan, obviously. And so yeah, entry and sound frequencies. Well, the idea would be technically that uh, Shilajit contains carbon-60 as well, mm -hmm. among many, many other things. Gotcha. But yeah, the next layer up, of course, here would be the sound frequencies, most certainly. Um, that's also what they always talk about, whether it's ancient stuff or alien stuff, which may also, you know, coalesce at some point. They always talk about, you know, frequency healing, for sure. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier. It wasn't like a well thought out question, but it's like, it seems like a hip hop concert or a rock concert is so many frequencies and so many rhythms, so many lyrics that it's like a, like a multi-dimensional experience where, um, the nature of a sound bath is so different. It's like, this is a lot of pure tones. And I was just kind of wondering what your thought on that might be like, um, obviously, I mean, on a musician, like music is very spiritual, even if it's not just holding four, three, two or whatever, but like there's you know, Jay-Z is not going to be one or two tones the whole time or whatever, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'd like George to answer in a second, but there's one thing I can mention about this. So number one is that with uh, Bashar, the Sasani, he mentions the music they have is actually more kind of like Mongolian style music, which to me sounds somewhat dissonant and strange. Um, like, yeah strange sounds but he explains it in the sense that he says they because they are you know at least half human but the way they develop they recognize that they can listen really closely to the music so the music is much simpler because they can i guess uh, construct more relationships between the tones and within the tones or see farther within the fractal information that they contain um and there was another point yeah and <clears throat> there is something called klangbett in german in English, or Klangliege, in German, uh, in English, this would be something along the lines of uh, sound bed, I guess. And uh, you lay down. I haven't experienced it, but a friend recently told me about it. And there's some strings, and you just pluck these strings. Um, you can't really do much. There are, I think, seven strings or something, and you just pluck them one by one or whatever. And the individuals laying there apparently experience their whole body vibrating 
all kinds of you know positive effects and also that they may start hearing melodies and so on and they're like oh you play this so well and so on although the individual playing didn't do much than just plucking this so just you know more hints into the directions that uh, you've been sharing about well um we are um we are creatures of the planet you know we're um we like organic stuff we like we like natural stuff so i would um i would say that uh even in my studio when i when i when i like write music and i synthesize my own sounds and stuff i see that the more natural sounds i use or the simpler sounds i, I use the the better the better um uh, the better things i get out of it so um, i'm a big fan of uh, simplicity and um organic <laughs> like in the supermarket you, you everybody wants to buy bio these days um yeah it's uh the more natural the sound is there the better for you your body will just take it as it is it's not complex so if you go to a concert with a complex um, music genre uh, then you're gonna be a bit more more tired than if you would go to a concert with a more simple music and especially if there be an mp3s played very loud so it's all comes down to um you're, you have to decode it. You have to in, digest it. I was about to say that it sounds like um, what you were kind of alluding to is like there are certain things our body needs and like simple things, but then we can we can have concoctions of crazy food, I guess, where a lot of it just passes through us. And it seems like a lot of, I, I mean, I like, you know, Bach or whatever. Like there's a lot of jazz. There's a lot of complex stuff and that stimulates our minds, but like there has to be some fundamental nutrients nutritional musical value or frequency slash tonal value to it um to maybe make it more of an elevated experience about the frequencies you mentioned before 432 and so on um i did an experiment when i first heard about it um i had my synthesizer which was very easy to tune into 440 or 432 i had it tuned on 432 normally and one day I would um, start a new project and my synthesizer would uh, go back at 440 by itself. And there was something that I didn't like. I didn't, I, I didn't realize it actually, but I wasn't feeling that, that something was irritating. And then I went back to the master tuning and I saw that, oh, it's not 432 anymore, it's 440. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't need anybody to tell me anything anymore that I have to <laughs> believe in, in one number or the other number. I feel it. My body doesn't like it. So this was the best experiment for me to stay to 432 hertz. Plus, that's what I see my guitar do, actually. Yes, so, mine too. Uh, I have it on 432. That's what's up. Because we've had um, another guest that we were going to talk to before this, um, Brian Lahr. He's into guitar and music and stuff, and he him he's a little older, and I. I've not, it's not an ageist thing. I've wondered uh, if this is part of like a genetic evolution potentially um but he doesn't seem to discern much of a difference between 432 and 440 and thinks that whole kind of conspiracy is not what's up uh yeah i i can't explain it It feels more saturating to me or something i can't quite put it i've heard all sorts of tones it feels like it vibrates just my my reality differently um 
maybe really quick. We'll, it's not a very long song. Let's take a quick music break. Um, it's actually a slowed down version of Daft Punk. And when we come back, we can keep talking about music frequencies. I want to hear this Daedalus reinterpretation. Whatever's clever. Sound good? Perfect. Let's do it. So we'll be back in just about two minutes. Yeah, it's real short, but it's very frequency-esque, and it's like a slowed-down remix. I thought it was cool. Very chill. Very chill. It's called, uh, I forget what it's called, Night something. Um, it's off Night of Vision. Discovery. Yeah, vision. Night Vision. It's great. It's usually a little, like that's probably 25% slowed, but you can hear it with some of the reverberations of the mix that you can hear almost like ripples clashing of frequencies. I mean, it's very frequency-esque. It's the best way, and yet still, quote, musical in that sense. I quite enjoyed it as well. It was very loungy. Right. It did It did have a lounge quality. Yeah, I was on the, on the same time playing with my kalimba. I have my kalimba here, and I was... Uh... I don't know if you can hear it. Oh, yeah. Which I was able to tune to 432 hertz, and I'm very proud of doing that. Oh, it's a physical instrument you retuned? Yeah, it's a kalimba I just play right now, uh, live, <laughs> on air. And I, yeah, I was able to tune it on 432, and I was quite happy. So how did you do that? Because I doubt they come in that tuning. Well, not all kalimbas are... Um, musical talents. So um, the one I have here is the Hugh Tracy, the original Hugh Tracy kalimba, which is quite easy to actually just pull in and out um, the metal uh, things, and they they you can they, recalibrate it, kind of. Yes, they tune quite exact to four thirty two hertz. And um, if you go to georgepalilis.com, my site, I have a bandcam an album with a kalimba, and then I also have a banzuri. Uh, which is also on 432 hertz. This one I had to buy on 432. And um, uh, all my music is written in 432 hertz. So, uh, yeah. I'm so you're all in on that front. It's not a debate to you. You're committed to 432. Yes, you found it. I'm not going back to 440. Thank you. No reasons. <laughs> I'm having fun with 432 and 444, like I said yesterday. So you've got a band camp. We'll put the links for that. And, you know, the yeah, website will put links. Yeah, georgepalis.com is my site. And then over there I have, uh, like, several links with my DJ stuff that I used to do the last 12 years, like with all the music when I was playing at Disco House, Deep House, Tech House, um, all that stuff. And, like, in playing in bars and restaurants and parties. And then uh, the latest is just uh, meditation music, uh, music to relax. And um, also, I, I, I wrote a song which was played uh, on FM Fear uh, last weekend. That's a kind of a loungy, a low, slow house song. I'm quite proud proud of. They played it on FM Fear in Vienna. Actually, I'm very That's proud so. of it. Yeah. So cool. are you doing more spiritual music now because of COVID? Or were you getting into that front? Like, had you been transitioning out of, like, live party scene stuffs more naturally or is this an adaptation also because people just aren't gathering right now let's say uh it it was kind of accelerated i i'm into sound healing uh like almost two years i have um started with uh forks and uh with um 432 hertz and stuff i've, I've started like four years ago 
Um, I have a home studio with quite a few gear and I'm experimenting generally with music. I love experimenting. I love analog stuff. Yeah, I love analog. I love things that I can play with my hands. Like I have my computer just to record and the rest I play. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not a um, professional musician, but I taught myself music theory. I got myself a book and I read it. And I, I, I have a guitar, a nice classical one and a digital piano and a couple of synths here. And, you know, I, when I feel like I sit down, I play and and when, it, when it's nice, I, I chop it up. I put some salt and pepper and um, I upload it. That's what's up. I'll have to check it out for sure. Uh, as should the listeners, because it sounds like you've been at it for a while. So there's a lot of archival kind of documentation of your own evolution as a you know musician uh, and entertainer. And it seems like, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I'm not sure if it's the zeitgeist and it's nobody's fault. Jonathan Golden was probably into, you know, sacred frequencies in the seventies or whatever, but like most people didn't turn on to it until more, you know, maybe the past five, 10 years kind of thing. Um, do you uh and i there's there's a guy on youtube named adam neely who's a really good bass player but he's you know uh doing concerts and stuff like that got a, i think a million plus youtube followers myself included and he had just done the first concert i think the last concert he had done was in india right when covid was popping in like march or something february and then nothing until this past halloween uh the 31st of october in america and people are social distancing and it's just he was talking about some aspect called musicking where it's like music isn't just about like you know scales or beats or tempos or pitch and all this stuff and frequencies though it is that there's a sociological kind of energetic phenomenological thing that like being with people playing music and being a part of a scene if you want to put it like that um it has a has a large impact on our spiritual reality like i mean psychology or happiness they weren't getting spiritual with it um but it's like it makes us very human and how a lot of these people are craving just to be around music and stuff. Um, it's, I mean, given that you're in Aquarius, you can probably handle the isolation and tinkering in your uh, home studio. But do you, what are your, what are your thoughts on live music or maybe how it's changing given the times? Uh, it's an amazing topic. Um, it's spot on. This is my love. Um music is is the real magic it's um as soon as you uh you are somewhere where are playing music everybody comes together it's it's the glue it's the glue between people it's this you know this uh thing that keeps uh, the planets together it's called music it's the magnetism actually so imagine you enter an empty room there's nothing going on it and then at some point just music starts, you know, like, uh, I don't know anybody that can live without music. It's, it's not possible. I mean, even if you are in nature and you hear the, the in the morning, the birds, the air, everything is like, I cannot imagine a uh, life without sound and music. So I think I was, Nietzsche was the one who yeah. said music, life without music would be a mistake. <laughs> I was in Thailand in uh, end of January, beginning of February. Uh, it was the best uh, present I've done to my life uh, last years. And I was at the Zen beach and drummers were gathering there at around five o'clock and uh, there were all sorts of musicians coming there and I had my flute with me and I, I would join the musicians and play there. And we would just 
match all together like a family. We did know each other, but we would play together music uh, like we knew each other for ages. And we had all so much fun. You know, there was no money involved, nothing. We were just people gathering uh, at the beach. Like there were most most of them were tourists that had their djembes with them or their saxophones with them or take whatever you have with you that you're shakers and every day like I, I think I could like live forever there an amazing place musicians magicians it's always nice when uh, the people are musically inclined it's always more distracting when someone with no rhythm starts getting on a gym or something it's like oh god like what I think you know what I mean so it's, it's, it's place nice. to learn yeah, I mean, everyone's got to start somewhere. But yeah, even like the harmony of the spheres, that's kind of a concept um, in Greek. I know that. I, think, I know the thought. music of the spheres. I know that. Do you want to let us go down that rabbit hole? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I was, uh, to be honest, that I had a uh, I had a listen of the music of the spheres last week, uh, and I wanted to study it a bit more, and I have a couple of books about the music and planets, but I haven't, I haven't been that far, so... Uh, well, um, it it is it is a very time-consuming thing uh, to, to study music and study the the world of music and and the whole um, mathematics. It, uh, someone said, if you if you if if you if you uh, learn music, it's it's all you need to know. So this was quite a heavy sentence. Well, it seems like Pythagoras would have been up that camp in a sense it's like yeah uh, look, the sentences dance from person to person yeah and although i know you're an aquarius i know it's fun to think about like that frequencies like ratios and uh, stuff like that um there's something just so fun about experiencing music as an aesthetic like reality as opposed to over analyzing it maybe i do like uh like the Raphael got pulled the card for complete surrender i think that's something that is very beautiful especially with tibetan bowls it, it can be anything you can do this I mean, the last acid trip I had was listening to Genesis, uh, The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Ironically, I mentioned the album earlier, a very good progressive rock concept album from the 70s. And, uh, yeah, just kind of disappearing into it. Uh, music really is, I mean, in some abstract way, I know that planets give off tones, right? Like, we can be like, this is the sound of Pluto or, you know, whatever. Like, we can listen to that uh, if one believes this presuppositionally or not. Like, I think NASA's come out with these kinds of things. Um, maybe true, maybe not. Raphael did, but um, so there's like there's a fundament to this, to the acoustic nature of reality, right? Like it's all harm. Like maybe we're even in a song of Thra, kind of right, Raphael? Like um, I, I will. I, if I may, I, if I may, I, I will uh, tell you something. Um, Go where I it. am, where I am at the moment, because I will tell you already told you uh, I'm a D, I was a DJ I am a DJ still uh, and I, I I produce music so I listen music differently than other people do so I was listening to a classical uh, to some classical music today in the morning at work when I was driving with the car and I was like okay I perceive music completely di different than other people I was listening to the reverb of the piano that was been played in the in this uh, in this um, room and because of uh, because I work in a I work for a microphone company I was thinking the importance of the microphones um by the way i, I work for uh part-time at austrian audio here in vienna so that's uh, what's we, up not the rock doesn't fall far from where you throw it i guess like you, that's <laughs> right up your alley 
technological kind of music. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I thought, yeah, I thought, hey, the, the way I perceive music and I listen to music, it's not that everybody does. I mean, it's um, it, it's really to be taken under consideration. You know, uh, of course, it's you, you need to know who who, you, who you're dealing with when you're talking about music or where you're working with music. Yeah, there's a big difference between like kind of popular music and then like musicians who are like geek out on like oh like a technique in terms of musicianship, and then it sounds like uh, uh you're coming more from like an audiophile like direction where like you understand the engineering of it. Um, so you know things like compression and you know decibels and things like that. That's going to make a lot more sense in acoustic. You know. How not to have sound waves clash. One of the weirdest things that ever happened. And I, I think we had, I don't have the video now, but one of my, uh, we did this little gig. My brother plays drums and I play guitar. Um, like I said, I'm 35 now, but this was when I was like 15. My uncle had something, uh, a venue thing called Chicken Stock instead of Woodstock. It was like this neighborhood thing, don't ask. But anyway, we were playing with him and he was kind of like getting it, you know, going for songs. He's like, he plays guitar, but like he didn't ever have a backing band before. So we're like, all right, we'll play all these songs like Cocaine by Clapton and stuff like that. Um, and we're jamming at one point, playing a song, and I don't know what happened, but it seemed like uh, phasing, I guess is maybe the best way to put it, with speakers, where all of a sudden there was like this, like it was almost like the Bermuda Triangle of acoustics, where some like weird magic occurred, where it didn't sound, I mean, bad, but it almost like sounded like, I don't know how to put it, like uh, like like waves in a pool. If you throw one rock in one side of the pool and one rock in another side of the pool, how they clash in a weird way. Like it was just creating this weird space, like phenomenologically, like physically, the the space in this area was having a weird, like the structures of the atoms were doing weird things. I was like, what the fuck? So it sounds, uh, how, how did you get the gig at the, uh, I mean, you don't have to go long about this, but when did you get into the um, AA, like you were saying, um, the microphone company and how's that? Well, uh, it's a quite a funny story, but before that, I'll tell you that my uncle in Toronto has a very expensive amplifier. And I, we were listening music at his place once, and um, I was looking at the amplifier, and then I think I left something on it, and he started shouting at me. And he said, "No, don't put anything on my amplifier. It changes completely the music." I was looking at him, and I was like, "Okay, what? Well, I have to be careful what I answer now to my uncle." So <laughs> sounds like it runs in the family. Uh, you guys are <laughs> definitely tuned in to the frequency. I was not, yeah, I was not sure if if my uncle was crazy or if he was listening something that I could not grasp with my ears so i did not comment on that i just smiled and i sat on the sofa <laughs> and he just tossed you some ethnic world music cds and said, oh my god don't touch yes. my amp yes he said don't put that thing on the amp it completely changes the sound but by the way his amp was very very expensive so uh yeah i can imagine that he was also concerned about scratching it anyway uh i was um to answer to your question, I was uh, into a little a DIY group because I built my own modular synthesizers. Um, oh, I, dude, that's dope. So uh, it is, yeah. And in the community, someone said once, hey, guys, um, they need people at Austrian Audio. And if you want, write an email over there. So that's what I did. I just, and I saw it, I write a, I write an email. And next week I was, um, I was at Employed. this guy's for an interview. So I think I worked for them now for a couple of years, like almost two years or something, part-time always. Like at some point, I'm going to work every day, uh, full-time, and then I'll make a pause for a month or 
couple of weeks and then go back again. So I do, um, I measure microphones. I have a measuring room uh, with no no sound. It's like, I think the Germans tot Schalltotraum or something like that. Dead are these room. like those rooms that are like negative decibels almost? Yeah, you, like, you, you can hear, you can hear your heartbeat. You can hear yeah, the yeah, flow yeah. of your blood. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've even, I mean, I've even like for a short time meditated there or used my, my healing forks inside there. Was that really weird? Um, yes, it was. I don't know if, I, I, I don't know if I need that. <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting. It was very what interesting. What was it like? What, what, would, what made it, I mean, try to describe Very, very, very quiet. Very, very quiet. It is, um, I mean, if you can deal your with your thoughts, if you can meditate, you're good with it. If you're not very well and with yourself and <laughs> and you're uncomfortable with your thoughts, then you have to consider it. A living house. <laughs> because there just, is so much white noise constantly, whether it's our thoughts or just you know cars or you know even yeah. um, tinnitus, like the ringing of the ears. Yeah, so it's just like there's always sounds, and to, I can't imagine going into a place like that. I think it'd be fun, but it would be really trippy. I imagine. Some people might even need that because there are some people that have uh, generally uh, problems and some quietness. Uh, for example, I have a professional, I have a friend, he's a, uh, um, oh, you have to help me there, uh, dirigent, what's the name in English? Director, musical director. I found it. So he has um, problems with his ears. And he told me that uh, he went to the doctor, blah, blah, blah. And I told him the only thing he needs is pure quietness. And what he tells me, oh, I use uh, headphones that, um, you know, they cancel the noise. And then I thought, okay, that's the problem. This is not natural at all. So he's using on his head all the time this uh, thing that has a battery on your head and it cancels everything. So... I don't know if that's healthy. I don't. I don't know if that's supposed to be like that. Interesting concept, because obviously we're at a point in human evolution uh, where we can kind of fiddle and tinker with our development potentially. I mean, this is a weird way to put it, but imagine that music director, you know, doing that and having his his kids and their kids doing that. It's like, do they start shifting their perceptions because of this? There's actually a really good book. It's in English. I don't know if you'd want to read it, but it's called Music: The Brain and Ecstasy. Uh, not the drug, but like, you know, joy. And um, it gets into the evolution of our ear. I mean, we're coming, I mean, theoretically, we're coming from like just the, the mechanics of the ear, like the um, hammer and stirrup or anvil or something like these. I can't remember. I'm not, not a doctor or biologist, but the parts of our ear that evolved from like aquatic situations and then coming on land or whatever's going on over billions of years. So, uh, fascinating situation. Um, I'm kind of curious. I want to go. I hadn't realized that you were into modular synths. I mean, tell first of all, for people who don't understand what that is, kind of give a brief description of what that might entail. I mean, what I think of that, I think of like Moogs or Moogs or however you pronounce that. I would love um, to. Yeah, go for it. Well, um, what is a synthesizer, first of all? Um, it's like taking electricity and making it a, a, making musical notes out of it, like pressing... A, um, a key like a, a, a piano key and um, getting uh, the vaults into um, pitch so yeah Robert Moog and uh, Don Buchla these two guys were made um, approximately the same time they brought out the first 
commercial synthesizers because before these guys, I think it was Theremin who brought this Theremin synth. You know the Theremin, right? Yeah, yeah, that's like a, gotta... which is weird. It's kind of like a, I think it's, is it infrared? I'm not sure how it's controlled. Mm, but... um, yeah, I'm, I forgot, to be honest. But basically, but it's you, like you an change the amplitude. You, yeah. you change the amplitude and the pitch with uh, each hand. And by the way, a few days ago, Moog just brought up a new theremin, that, which, is, which looks amazing, just to celebrate uh, theremin's uh, creation. And before theremin, there were... Um, other synths too. Uh, we also have here one in, uh, in made in Austria, I think. Uh, I forgot the name. Forgive me for that. Uh, but um, well, what Moog did actually and became famous, he had uh, built um, uh, lots of modules that we have would have um, a different function. For example, you would take a sound generator or an oscillator um, that would make. Um, um, a sine wave or a triangle wave or a square wave and you would mix it with a couple of um, other uh, similar waves and your, the point is to emulate um, a saxophone, to emulate a, a flute, to emulate a guitar. That was the point I think at that time to emulate. Right, the Mellotron other... was kind of like... The Mellotron strings. was something else. I think the Mellotron was playback. If okay. I remember well. It was like I'm not have... a historian on this, so I'm, I'm no worries, no well. worries. I've, I've I've I had a lot of uh, uh I've, I've I've studied a lot about music, music equipment, music technology, and still today I'm listening lots of music technology pod podcasts. I'm an equipment expert. I could call myself. I know about almost all equipment out there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the modular synthesizer is just um, putting modules together, creating um. Um, a, a musical instrument of of your dreams, and uh, so are you big on the analog versions? Because I know that with computers we can you can create probably infinite amounts of modulations uh, with with plugins. But like when people watch like Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, or you know people like that back in the day, they had like massive machines they were using. Yeah, I'll like, tell you something. Companies always want to sell, so they will they will sell you what they want because they know how to do it. Uh, the, the the difficult part is to know what you want, and uh, the best thing is uh, to get an instrument and um, uh, that has a system. Learn it and stay with it. You get a guitar and you play a guitar for a couple of years. You know, you know how to play guitar. Uh, a modular system, it's a never-ending story. But yeah, infinite. But if you want to, if you want, for example, today to get a, a specific sound of an old synthesizer that you cannot afford or that is not, it doesn't exist anymore, you can buy the parts and put it together yourself. Of course, it might be depending on the polyphony that you need, might be more or less expensive. It's up to you. You can build it yourself, which which is a very good thing you learn about electronics. I think it's awesome, but you can get lost and can get it can get expensive. And all that stuff. There's a guy on YouTube. I'm not sure if you ever heard of him. Called I think the channel's called Look Mum, No Computer. Yeah, yeah, he's fun, but I think he's. Um, I bet he's an Aquarius. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he's Aquarius. I, I, to be honest, I, I, I like him a lot. I, I look at his stuff because I, I love, I love his style. He's, but, but I think this guy is. Uh, he, he could have, you know, uh, direct his energy because he's a very clever guy. To make something 
much better for me because he's making um, what he's he like makes. He's like a punk mad scientist. He is. is he is, and he's it. proud yeah. of it. And, and you know, he does what he loves, and that's why he's he's getting successful. And good that he does it. But the way I see it, you know, I I always you know see what 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 is what is the the really right thing to do. The what is the best thing? How can we thrive on all the skills that we have? You know. Yeah. So he's it's, like an audio uh, violent video game. He is an electronic expert and a good musician because uh, his examples, whatever he plays, it's good. It sounds good. He doesn't need long time to 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 make a good sound. But his taste is what it is. He likes. No, I'm not uh, all about it. I hear his original <laughs> music and stuff. I'm like, uh, but the he's fact good. that he has like a chorus of Furbies. And just like, yeah, you know, like, here's a thousand drones together he, in polyphony. He, he's mad and he's selling that. People, you know, he knows there are lots of crazy people out there that are looking for this madness. And that's his uh, SUP, this selling point. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not like something I would listen to, but it's fascinating sociologically for me, I guess. It may be exactly. to a point technologically. It's fun to look at, exactly. So, um, tell me a little about maybe, like, what do you do with, modular sense like you're in a community what is that even like are you guys like all engineers and just geeking out in terms of specs and like schematics uh no we had uh when when i remember when we began there was um a kind of um, um playing live uh, idea so people show up in the room in a cellar or in a little bar or whatever and you would bring your uh, modular or any kind of synth you want and you would just um um you just play experimental stuff so sounds like a craft work wet dream kind of exactly, thing exactly 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 and then um they, these guys would also also um organize some uh workshops where we would build modules together and um uh, i mean i know these guys are a very good friend of mine one of them has a shop in vienna uh a modular shop ervin and uh the other guys uh part of the endorphins team modular endorphins uh, moritz and uh, together they have uh signal circus at uh normally they play music we, we play music at treats or uh kramladen that's where we used to do these uh little sessions at uh the gürtel you know at uh, underneath u6 so some amazing. I stuff don't know, here. but I'm imagining Raphael and listeners may. I can know. send you all all the links you need. Uh, it's interesting stuff. To Is my it that years, big of a community? I'm surprised they have a store that's that modular sensor. Yeah, we have a modular store in Vienna, which is quite amazing. Amazing. It's called Raw Voltage. So if you want to have some uh, have a go with some modular stuff, just go to Raw Voltage. That's a good name. It makes sense. Yes, Raw Voltage. Perfect. So it's funny because we're talking about electronic instrumentation, but I mean, the human body is electrical uh, and like that. Uh, so what do you find, how would I put this? Do you feel like you're kind of a doctor of sound on a, on a body that's not human? Do you see the human body as having similar kind of uh, hackability, I guess, as modular sense? Whoa, whoa. That's a Frankenstein question. Um well, uh, I will tell you what I believe is that our body is so advanced and we have no clue how it's working. We're just like doing the first steps. Um, our human, our voice is like the best. It's a living instrument. 
the human voice it's, if we know how to use it we're going to do miracles um, you have to google I, I i'll try to send you a link or put it in the comments or something i don't know off the top of my head something called i think pink trombone um and it's this interactive uh website where it shows you'll love this you'll shake your pants um it shows a human mouth and like a tongue and kind of like you can control the airflow and where the tongue is going so you can see the instrumentation of the human like esophageal throat mouth nasal kind of complex it's crazy yeah like, you so know, it's like a versus ooh and you know all this kind yeah of stuff. i can crazy. imagine i'm it's something that it's uh emulating our our, our human voice right yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's a, it's an emulation of our, our organic modulation system. That is yeah, I love, voice. I love, I love what Victor Schauberger said once. Uh, first, we have to see how nature works, and then we, if we understand it, then we can copy nature. Something like that, he said. So I'm, I'm living very much like that. I, I want to think like that. You know, first understand nature, how it works, and then you know make things that go along with it so observe and emulate it's very a da vinci kind of thing i mean yeah, was da vinci I was think, always like oh yeah. helicopters that's how this can work all this joke <laughs> yes these things you know i'm i'm talking all, all the time about nature and nature because i am myself uh tuning in i'm uh, i'm going as much as possible into nature and um after doing sound healing and and uh waking up uh, spiritually and connecting with um, all that information that is coming to me lately, I see the world with uh, different eyes and I hear the world with different ears. And that's doing good. You're going and through also, some new filters. Yes, perfect. Perfectly said. Like you're putting new filters into a synthesizer and it becomes a new, a new synthesizer. So what was your waking up process like? Uh, my waking up process? Uh, well, it, it was... Um, um, it was Nikola Tesla. He has a I big was, impact on a lot of people. I, think. I was, I was, yeah, I was. Though I was studying, uh, I was studying robotics in uh, in Vienna in the Fachhochschule, which I did not finish, but uh, it was a big kick in my life. I was studying there, and um, um, while I was doing things, home, like I was soldering stuff, or uh, I was doing stuff for the universe for the Fachhochschule. I was um, having a Nikola Tesla documentary in the background because I love to re listen podcasts and I love to listen stuff in the background when I'm doing something. And I just fell in love with uh, with this with this idea that we can do much more and that there is something hidden in all that story because I, I wasn't convinced that there is that religion that I've grown up with and that's it. I, I always knew that there's something behind that. And one night I couldn't, I got an answer because I was asking the same thing for almost a month and I couldn't sleep. And at what some was the point, question? The question was, I, actually that was after uh, being brainwashed from all these uh, documents. Uh, of Nikola Tesla and others. And then I was, one week I was asking myself, what is everything? What, what, what is it all? What is life? What is, um, what is that we experience? What is God? What is universe? So the big question. What's going what, on? What is it everything? What are we doing here? What, what, why do we even question things? Who are we? 
And then I got an answer and I was like, really got goosebumps and I couldn't believe that something answered me. Like auditorily? <laughs> uh, or internal like gnosis? No, uh, I got an image. I got an image and a little, it was like a little video that I saw. It was like my third eye was uh, telling me hello for the first time. So, you got a uh, hyperdimensional GIF, it seems, or something. I, I didn't. Uh, I don't get that so often. I have to tell you, that was amazing what I what I saw. What was the idea? Are you ready? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm definitely ready. Uh, well, I got the following sentence: George, look at your at the concept of the eye. What the eye is, how it looks, its shape, and the concept of the eye. So this world is being made to be seen. The eye has it's black in the middle, and all around it has this beautiful round of different colors and uh, fractal geometrical stuff that becomes a beautiful thing that has a function, and that is to receive information and and then i started processing that information well in so, a weird way it's light right for the eyeball specifically it seems like it's a light bandwidth you know transducer or whatever it's funny that you say that because i had a mushroom trip back a long time 2011 maybe 2012 13 a, a while ago um and it was funny because I live in Colorado and I, I was living in a reservoir at the time and the water levels were down. So I was walking on what would normally be like the bottom of the lake uh, and I was on mushrooms. And this idea just kept coming to me where it's like we're receivers of like data. That's what we're here for. We're here to receive data. I mean, we can make sense of it. We can add stories. We can add layers. We can add meaning. Um, and maybe there are these metaphysical and multidimensional meanings to it. But at some level, it's simply we're like were respond responders to stimulation multiple levels of stimulation acoustic you know temperature light all these things and we're just here to kind of like interpret data basically. yeah you you got you got a, you got yourself into a um a biological a supercomputer that's your body and um, you're learning how to uh function into that body you have um you have a body that is smart you know, it digests, it um, it does stuff that at some point you don't know how your body does it. So, for example, today I was driving the car and I was thinking completely something else. And I was like, okay, who was driving the last um, the last 10 minutes? You know, this association is always fun. Yeah, I was somewhere else, you know, completely with my brain and my body was just driving exactly what I wanted to go. And I just, I was asking myself, who drove right now? <laughs> It's really that, that happened to me earlier. I was I'm reading Harry Potter uh, out loud to my fiance, who's in England over the internet. So it's like, hey, let's read Harry Potter. Um, and I swear, I read. I mean, I, I'm double. I'm a son of Moon Gemini, eleventh um, house. So fairly similar to Uranian and you know mercurial energy. Yeah, but the point Uranian, is, yeah. Um, I was reading like a paragraph, and I was like, I have to reread that paragraph. I would my I was like, my imagination had taken me somewhere so where, like I was thinking about. Seattle and this guy, I'm like, is he still alive with COVID? He had like hepatitis C and all just weird shit. And I was still like, just like, da, 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 like reading the book. So I was like, oh shit, I just dissociated so hard. Hold on, let me read that. Um, I'm curious, Raphael, uh, you've been quiet for a while, but I'm kind of curious 
what you think happens with things like disassociation. Yeah. I mean, is it like a multiple dimension class? Like, it seems like we can function at multiple wavelengths simultaneously. You know, like he's saying, drive the car and then you just go think about other things, and yet you're still performing mundane functions, so to speak. Right, sure. I mean, you know, there is, in a sense, infinite order and consciousness everywhere, and uh, especially once we get to trust both our higher selves and our body consciousness, then we can delegate actually quite a lot to it. And especially with body consciousness, it's obvious, like 99.9% .9 of the functions are completely automatic. And uh, I mean, I guess there's, you know, neuroscience on this and so on, how one may reconstruct this as an idea. But generally speaking, I mean, of course, why not? If I have a good relationship, I can delegate also something like, you know, driving or whatever you may be doing. It's to me, it seems like a very, you know, natural process. Word. I was just curious. Um, so we can kind of take this conversation any which way you guys desire. Um, is there anything, uh, you know, bubbling on your brain right now, George? Well, uh, we have um, covered quite a lot of things, um, just saying stories and uh, experiences. Daedalus. Um, you have to tell us the Daedalus thing. What exactly? Daedalus is esoteric interpretation, or uh, um, Icarus, rather. The esoteric interpretation of? Icarus, the flight of Icarus. I think earlier you said oh, yeah, you had yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Icarus and Daedalus. Yes, this is an amazing thing. So, um, like, I believe that all the um, history that we've learned on the planet has a purpose, and that is to um, confuse us. So, imagine uh, the story of Icarus and Daedalus. That's um, that's something you learn in the school, and uh, we all know the story. The, the The father said to the son, "Son, don't fly so high, close to the sun, because your um, you 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 your your uh, feathers will uh, will melt, and you'll fall down and kill yourself." The wax holding the feathers the wax, together. Will yes, melt. yes, and 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 what he did uh, exactly what his father didn't want him to do. But how typical of a teenager. He's like, oh, don't drive the car into the fucking wall. It's like, I gotta go as yes, close as I can. Yes, yes, that's what happens exactly. It's the loop. It's the loop we're living into. This is exactly what doesn't happen when you are out of your body and you are flying and you go into the sun. Supposingly it's what you have to do in order to experience beautiful things but when you're programmed not to do that you're not going to do it because you have fear inside you even when you're on the other side so what i what i meant when i said out of body you might know it but like when you sleep you go to bed you sleep and you have an out of body experience and you become icarus you know and you fly and you go and fly directly into the sun then you might experience things some may not want to. So I've heard about that and I got goosebumps and I said, oh my God, I never thought of that. To um, like, because I was programmed with this um, 
mythology, you know, and that 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 tells me for one thing how strong mind programming is being done on the planet with all the mythology and the stories we learn in the school and through other 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 places you know we we just we just don't dare do stuff so yeah i mean what do you think about that i mean, i love that story i i really really love that story well i like the idea is like he could have gone pro he wasn't being restricted to not flying. <laughs> so it's like, go have fun, try a different domain, you know, a different kind of way of being. But there's parameters within a system where its functional operation is ideal, kind of like you were saying earlier. And this would be like turning the volume full blast on your eardrums or something. It's like, it's not designed for some things and you can push it too far. Um, so that's one element of this. But at the same time, I was just thinking of the Pink Floyd song, Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun. So it's like, and and people think, uh, I mean, not everybody, but some people think um, the sun is like consciousness, like a solar, you know, consciousness, like this. Uh, I don't even know how to put it. Um, I, I just my mind just going all over the place. There's electric universe theory stuff where it's like not even a fusion reaction. It's potentially just like an electric situation more with magnetism. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, yeah, the story of Icarus. I don't know, but like the esoteric kind of symbolism, I guess. I'd never really thought of before. I kind of just took it at face value as like an, um, a parable or like a, you know, an adage almost or something where it's like, don't push things too far. You could try new things, but don't push things too far. But if there's other levels to it, I'd love to explore that. Yes. Uh, this, this is the, another way to see that, that, that story, because, um, if you see it practically, you kind of put wax in your hand on your hands and or make make something that flies with wax. Wax is not something you can fly with. It's just that um, it's a story and people see it as a little story. But uh, I love this second meaning I heard about that. It's not about the real life. It's about the other side because uh, we're supposed to have um, the other side too which people get to know with meditation the last years and yeah there's uh esoteric means uh inside so working working your inside world or when you go sleep you're getting into the other side this is something i am discovering now um i had also a mushroom um experience in uh when i was in the traveling in thailand and it was so good uh, i'll never forget it and uh i i realized how 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 the sun is nurturing us i was seeing the sun feeding me with his energy i was amazing so the sun, yeah, the sun is, is kind of important <laughs> yes well, i guess the idea could also just be that if you want to approach the inner spiritual sun, your consciousness and yourself, you rather be made out of gold than out of wax. Absolutely. Have you ever, or I mean, psychedelics definitely make this happen, but like, have you been messing with like lucid dreaming, astral projection, um, frequencies to program? You know, I had it uh, when I was a kid. I, I can remember myself um, leaving my body and flying around. And I was like, um, I even remember myself questioning, what am I doing? Is that is that real? What am I doing? Am I really flying? Or So I, I, I lost it at some point. 
I had an ayahuasca retreat in 2015. Um, that's the second time I remember um, using my uh, third eye or feeling different, to, to say it like that. And since 2015, I have uh, more uh, um, experiences like that through meditation and um, um, into yoga as well, uh, different styles. And of course, uh, with my frequencies and music and sound, sound does so much. I got a f friend visiting me one day that uh, has uh, done lots of um, psychedelic stuff. And we just sat here at my sofa and I, I gave her a sound healing and she said to me, George, I don't need anything anymore. I am high only with your forks. So I had to laugh loud about that because... Uh, <laughs> It was so no funny. Hangover. Uh, no hangover. No <laughs> hangover. Yeah, music does that. Uh, it, it really does it. I have some amazing forks here. I have uh, the Solfeggio forks here that are just doing an amazing job. And um, even well, that's advanced. kind of what I meant with us uh, when I was like, do you, look, do you listen to frequencies and meditate and astral project and all this kind of stuff? Solfeggio's like imbued stuff like you can listen to certain frequencies my fiance is all about this she's all you know talks about reprogramming not only the mind but like the body and stuff um yeah i do i remember myself years. yeah i remember myself a couple of years ago when i first time when i first time listened to frequencies i i just used uh i just used a youtube video uh that was playing um 528 hertz and um i sat uh um for almost one hour listening to that stuff and um and then when the video finished and i put my headphones down and i went out i felt i was 10 years younger i was feeling my spine that was the first time to 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 to, to hear such a frequency you know it was a very first experiment i was feeling 10 years younger i was jumping around and laughing and i think someone was looking at me on the side thinking that i have taken something just tones yeah. man just, just, just YouTube, bro. <laughs> I sleep all. I mean, when I go to bed at night, I have isolating earbuds or whatever sound, or whatever, and uh, earbuds. And um, I mean, I'm listening to like four seventeen. There's a few frequencies I found that do certain things, which are like tones. Um, and then there's things that, uh, like I said, my fiance is into where you can listen to like music or just rain where there's like subliminals. And I don't know if they're saying it really fast a million times or really yeah. slow. Your brain I, I, picks I, up on I, all this shit. I avoid all that stuff because like oh. I said, I work with music and I have music all the times on my ears, which means when I go to sleep, I want complete silence because if you have to uh, listen to all the stuff during the day, you're... You know, you need silence. to get into the yang. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. So I have a, um, I have a, I have a little um, button when I press. It's all the electronics go off in my flat, except the kitchen. So all my 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 router is off. Uh, my mixer. You got a kill my, switch. I have a kill switch. Yeah, I have two kill switches for my. I have two rooms and the kitchen. So on the one that I'm sleeping, I have the kill switch and uh, and I have some um, Bernstein. What's Bernstein in English? Um, the, Good on you for speaking three languages, at least, by the way. 
Thank you. German and English is is not easy to to cope with. Um, I think it's. I was going to say some dumb joke like it's Greek to you, but that actually <laughs> says that. amber. Thank you, thank you, amber. Amber is very nice to put it next to your bed. It helps a lot to have a good night's sleep. Like of course, like uh, also the 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 Himalayan crystal, the salt. Oh, I've got one nice. next to my bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the amber did the work for me. And uh, yeah, I smell some stuff like uh, some etheric uh, oils before I go to bed, or I I burn some Palo Santo. Um, that's very important. Uh, and of course, Feng Shui. I did the one year Feng Shui and uh, clean, tied up room. Not always easy with my studio and my cables, but I really do my best to clean up my stuff and have it um like even if well, i can put two cables on the side before i go to bed you know and then the, the rest 10 i'm going to do it next day in the morning i'll put these two cables on the side so what did you learn you did feng shui for a year yeah i did feng shui for a year i had to do uh one and a half years more but at the moment i was kind of not so communicating well with my girlfriend so uh to study feng shui you need time and uh it you really need to um practice and you need to feel that thing because it has to do with energy you need to you're getting into a room and you're you're you just need to know where everything uh goes so i i paused it i thought i'll continue studying myself but i did not do that and i stayed with one year awesome thing feng shui is uh so it's real in your opinion i mean i've never fucked with it well you get to understand how um how the energy energies and and the room and the rooms and everything works around you maybe my life is in insane mode all the time because i'm so not feng shui out like if you saw my room you'd cry probably like, you can call it ge geoman geomancy uh, geomancy in greek right right yeah the, it, i think it all every culture has uh their feng shui they just call it in a different way um and there are a lot of charlatans that uh do feng shui and i've heard a lot of people hating feng shui but it works i'm telling you it does work but you have to the same thing like with astrology you have to spend time you have to study it and not just say no it's not for me or stuff you, these things need time it's really complex feng shui is not um, I'm opening the daily newspaper and I'm reading my astrological stuff. This is a joke. No, this is this is very important information that's been given to us, and I, I think it needs more respect. It seems like uh, almost um, <laughs> chi signal processing or something. It's like exactly. how can I get got the flow it. here? Raphael, how into a uh, feng shui are you? Well, I'm not really myself in terms of knowing anything about it. Michaela is. Um, she actually, I just got, I got some yantras and she told me where to put them. Not sure if I've done it yantras right. Yantras are but, crazy. Those are beautiful. But, I used to be my back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But definitely, well, to the degree that I can, I like it if it's, you know, the surfaces are nice and, you know, somewhat clean at least. And, uh, 
of what I really think makes a big difference, of course, is art, artwork, well positioned. Um, yeah, makes a huge difference for me. Huge difference for me. Important is to understand the elements, uh, and the elements are everywhere in the astrology and feng shui. And uh, if you get to know to the elements, then you start thinking in a different way. So feng shui um, kind of puts put put num numbers into the whole thing, and um, it there's a lot of jazz in there. I love that word jazz um, because you get a lot of templates of how things work, and you got to follow a lot of rules. And, um, you know, at the school, they, 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 they teach us also where the things come from, like how, how are you getting actual this number that you have to put everything on number nine or put everything on number four and so on. It's not arbitrary. It is, it is big mathematics behind that. And uh, it's just that it's, it has to do with the planets and the stars and the sun and how everything works. So it's not, um, uh, it's not. Uh, you know, it's not made for fun. It works, and uh, if you respect it, you are, can have a much better life. Sometimes I wonder um, if, you know, this is like in the Matrix, it's like ignorance is bliss. It's like, how much quality of life improvement is there compared to the level of neurotic obsession and analysis that has to go into the system of awareness, if that makes sense? So it's like, you know, people going to a concert and just tapping their foot versus someone who's like, all my furniture is tuned to 432. And it's like, the, is it, I mean, I guess it's worth it, but it seems like there's kind of a give and take there. Because at some point, uh, it's like um, getting, it's like forgetting the music of life as opposed to like getting into like obsessing over like, you know, the math. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I imagine it depends on the person. So somebody's like glory or city uh, in a gene keys or like, you know, there's Zen or epiphany might come through very like Pythagoras was probably very particular. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Right. Probably more of a Virgo type or something. Um, whereas, you know, um, maybe Jimi Hendrix wasn't, or, you know what I mean? They're kind of coming to their illumination in very different ways. Well, my, the question is, um, uh, where where does this, all this information is coming from, and what is it doing here, and why some people hate it and some others love it? And I've um, I've been following some alternative um, news sources uh, all these years, and I've I've found some interesting answers, um, and. Uh, then then you continue you continue and you find more and more stuff and then you end up having a uh, lots of books like i have and no time to read all that stuff um well where did feng shui come from and uh who gave us the numbers and who gave us all that uh, astrology and 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 all these things we're using today and if you start putting questions like that and you can't miss the um, the Sumerian times and uh, I don't know if you have heard about the um, the Sumerian gods the so-called uh, Anunnaki or the Egyptian or the Greek gods 
Yeah, I'm familiar uh, with quite a bit of mythology, actually. Just watched a good Netflix series called Blood of Zeus about Greek deities, eight episodes, anime. Okay, I, I'm sorry, I don't have Netflix. It's okay. I have, I have a modular. <laughs> you probably do. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably have more fun. Anyway, um, it's funny, I just got a new computer. I've got a uh, controller, MIDI controller. I've got Ableton Live 10 or whatever, the studio suite. So it's like, and I haven't fucked with it at all. So I'm. You're making me very inspired to get into it. It sounds like you like getting tactile, getting into the sounds, creating worlds, creating sounds, and it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. You've been doing it for a while. So I guess, um, is there anything that you want to talk about? Do you want to kind of wrap it up in terms of giving us maybe some final thoughts about anything you'd want us to know or ponder listeners to think about? Well, um, I just... um... I just want to say that uh, sound is so important and it needs uh it needs to be uh more respected um sound is uh like the first thing when when you wake up in the morning for example if you uh if you do some some toning or if you uh put a nice song you'll have a great day and um put some more good music in your life i would say um that's gonna change a lot of things it's just a little little um little advice out there and uh experiment with stuff like i did with the 432 hertz don't 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 expect people from youtube to tell you how the truth is just just go for it and and see how you feel about it and and not do it only with that but with everything because today internet is taking over our brains we're looking at screens all the time and we don't have time to to have our own thoughts so i prefer listen to the radio to, to for the news today i think it it, it make it makes me use my 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 imagination a bit of what could happen instead of having the ready image so i'm a very i'm an acoustic guy i like to listen to stuff I don't know if that's a wrap-up for you, good enough. Uh, yeah. No, we've got to get you back on here at some point, probably with some other people. Maybe if we have Jonathan Goldman on again, get you on also, and you guys could That'll be out, presence sure. for me. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be. I think he'd have a lot of fun. I mean, he's been on before, so he'll come on again, I'm sure, and we'll maybe get some audiophile types to geek out, like I said. Yeah, got to finish his book then before we... <laughs> oh, it'll be a while. Don't sweat. Uh, like December, January kind of thing, maybe February, but um george it's been a pleasure you're an interesting Same soul here yeah i'm glad uh i'm glad i mean you're in vienna i'm sure you and rafael might have met up or hopefully will if you haven't you're very um, welcome to come in my studio i can show you my modular and i can show you why you can live without an ableton live or with it or use it correctly that's what's up yeah if i'm ever in vienna we'll kick it for sure Definitely. um yeah dude thanks for coming on uh always illuminating to have uh you know, random guests because I didn't know you for you know from us, anybody so I'm glad Raphael calls some cats from the streets too and I'm like oh this is a cool tabby cat so uh, thanks for coming on thanks for telling us all about your little world um, keep enjoying the microphone job I think that's very it sounds like you're doing I mean you're I mean, Raphael would say you're following your highest excitement your life is very much a reflection of what you're interested in so good on you um, for you. keeping a good me mental attitude, um, doing all the magic, and also it seems like helping others with their healing process acoustically, even. Exactly. So, Thank um, you. I guess, yeah, dude, anytime. Uh, Y'all, Team Rabbit Hole in action, right? Find the others, they're out Thank there. Thank you. So. Yeah. Thank you, Rafael.
Thank you, George. Thank you, Jim. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy Ooh, yourselves. He's a rapper. Radio Pokey Talk.